Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by not just the championship loser, but team last place representative, Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swath Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis, who had uh, such compliments for uh, Tuesday's intro as Please Ollie, Never Sing Again, or Ollie is Killing This Song, <gasps> and demonetization on the clip that we posted because i mean which i think kind of like sort of it's either bad as the comments were saying or so close to freddie mercury that the youtube algorithms thought it was actually queen maybe they thought a murder was happening it wasn't actually a <laughs> copyright claim that's insane was it was it a did it get demonetized because of copyright or was it because of just yeah it thought it was inappropriate I think it came up as inappropriate. It came, it came up with a little yellow dollar sign thing saying limited Hot ads. Hot damn. Hot damn indeed. Uh, but anyway, yes, hello, uh, Oliver Davis, and hello to you, Swath Nation. Uh, how the devil are you, Mr. Davis? Hot off your third place vict uh, victory on last night's Quizzlemania. Now I know how Lana feels post-Survivor Series win. I just, my, my feet haven't touched the ground since. I'm on cloud nine. I'm dreaming right now. I'm dreaming, not Renee Young. <laughs> Too cool. How are you? That was that. That's that's what it came down to. Like I, 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 we we got a bad luck of the draw, unfortunately, with the Nasty Boys. I feel like if you and Pete had got the Nasty Boys, we'd <laughs> too cool. We probably would have won. Yeah. Well, luck of the dice. Um, but yes, it's. But I in, think in, we've in... we've proven once and for all, me and Pete are too cool for you. Well, I was also going to say, in fairness to uh, to you and to, to myself and Denise, we really dropped the ball in that charades round, scoring that was fun. A, a whopping nil poire uh, across all the various uh, points of it. It was not a, not a great showing for us in that. I thought my charades game. I say charades, not charades. What did I say? Is that okay? You say charades. Do I say charades? It's actually scarades. 
I would have thought I'd have said charades. But anyway, yes, I mean, either way is fine. It's the same thing. I was banging. Oh, that. you were. I was so good. I'm not I good at say, much in Quizzlemania, so I'm going to talk about it more. I would argue that you and Alex McCarthy, uh, no, sorry, you and um, Louis were probably the best of it. Louis doing the uh, Stone Cold Got Run Down. <laughs> Uh, at Survivor Series uh, 99 was excellent. But your Shield uh, debut was, was fantastic. I love Charade. The, the, the Shield turn, rather. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, do you know what? Let's get into the show itself because there's a massive update on the iTunes reviews <sighs> oh! in the outro portion of the show. And, and here is the main show, Adam. I'd also like to say happy Turkey Day, everyone. It's Thanksgiving over in uh, America. So if you are one of our American viewers, thanks for watching us on uh, on Thanksgiving. It's very, very kind of you. Who you're attacked probably... you? Oh, no, I was going to say you're probably passing in and out of consciousness right now. But that's because it's mm. three o'clock over here. Yeah, I don't yeah. know when the turkey consuming happens. But if you are already falling asleep because you ate a turkey at 8 a.m. in the morning, you're winning. You're doing Thanksgiving <laughs> right. You are living the American dream of taking everything to excess, deep frying it, and shoving okay. it right into your eyeballs. So, who attacked John Moxley? Who is your front runner, uh, Mr. Davis, for who attacked Moxley? Well, last week, I dismissed everyone's speculation as Lance Archer. I was like, it's quite clearly Lance Archer. Lance Archer made the challenge that he'll be going for the AEW title at full gear. And then, like, nothing happened of it. And I thought, okay, AEW probably had to drop that for reasons or whatever. Now he's coming back in. This is how they're working it in. I think whoever is attacking John Moxley is going to factor into the finish next week of the Winter is Coming uh, AEW title match. But then, then it did like obviously he he made his return in the main event segment, kind of turned face, but also didn't. I he's, we'll, we'll get into that later. A bit bit confusing, but I think it's totally fine. So I, I was like, okay, well he's ruled out. I don't think that's a good answer anymore. And then my only other answer was, well, Kenny Omega, but that's too obvious. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then you showed me this this theory that you and you alone came up with this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person uh, to have made this suggestion. Uh, I don't think anyone brought this up on last week's show when we were talking about it possibly being um, Lance Archer. I think me and you might have brought it up on Wrestle Talk Select. Mm. Yeah, Patreon yeah, credits. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's, there was a, a video posted by one Kenta uh, of New Japan fame, of him landing in a plane, which has led some people uh, to think, speculate, that it could be Kenta who is coming for John Moxley's IWGP United States Championship. Obviously, um, Christopher Jazzcap, obviously it's Raven. Um, <laughs> um, yes, people suggest that, that he's now landed in Florida, He's going to be spending the next week in isolation and a bit of a bubble because he will then be on Dynamite next week in the main event segment with the uh, title, possibly even costing Moxley the belt to allow Kenny Omega to pick up the victory. So that's huge in so many regards. And we must 
take great lengths to say this is hugely speculative. This is borderline yeah. fantasy booking. I think it could very well be Kenny Omega. It could. Ve- it's probably more likely to still be Lance Archer or to be Hangman Page. Hangman yes. Page. Someone suggested an idea last week where Page still wants to help Omega win to make that sort of relationship they have even more heartbreaking. Like Page is still trying to get that going again. So this is hugely, hugely speculative because this isn't just a really cool development in the story, like the idea of Kenta, Hideo Itami, if you're not aware from NXT, making his debut in AEW. It goes far beyond that because if that happens, that truly is the moment that Tony Khan teased a couple of weeks ago. It'll potentially create a AEW title change. So Kenny Omega, AEW champion, I think that's what's going to happen will also get the forbidden door opening of AEW in New Japan. And we've already seen um, uh, Quizzlemania favorite Horseshoe Tanahashi uh, appear on an episode of Dynamite uh, on the, the Jericho 30th anniversary episode. So, and uh, Tony Khan, it was after Harold Mage stepped down, wasn't it, from Bushi Roads, when he was like, do you know what? Now that Harold Mage is out... A potential working partnership between AEW and New Japan is going to be so much easier. And it just feels like it is coincidental timing that Harold Mage steps down. All of a sudden, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi appears on the show. Khan's making these comments. Kenny Omega's talking about uh, New Japan that, that little bit more. And now there's this speculation that it could be Kenta. Because John Moxley has said that he is not going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. So... Who knows uh, what the, the possibilities could be? Or it could just be Kenta has got a plane somewhere. He lives in Florida and he's just gone home for a bit. It could just be the plane landed somewhere in Japan. You know, it, it's not it's not for sure. It's not for certain that it that it is old Kenta. No, you, you're totally right. This is all potentially hugely reaching. We'll look back at this in a week's time and go, ha, ha, ha. Uh, we were waiting for ourselves every week. Yeah, Raven's here. He's the he's the latest leader of the Dark Order. They're going to have a completely <laughs> new gimmick for the next three months. Um, no, I, I you know, people getting planes places at the moment is actually mm-hmm. a bit out of the ordinary. If someone got a plane <laughs> yeah. last week, hmm? I said it does feel a bit. Yeah, people getting yeah. planes. Especially from Japan. Japan is hugely locked down. They've got very stringent um, lockdown precautions. New Japan are very, very up on their COVID safety measures. If uh, One of the reasons John Moxley said he's not going over to Wrestle Kingdom is because that requires a week of self-isolation before the show and a week of... Oh, no, no, just that that way around. Then you can fly back and you can do whatever the hell you like in Florida. But that week of self-isolation would rule him out of at least two shows of Dynamite, which you can't really do as AEW champion. So, yeah, I mean, next week, should we talk about the Omega Moxley feud a bit more in general now? Because I, like next week, Kenta turning up and costing Moxley the title to set up their US title match at Wrestle Kingdom and get that going. It gets gets, uh, Moxley out of the picture so he can leave Dynamite for a week. It creates yep. that sort of talent exchange between between the two promotions. But also it gives Moxley a reason to lose because right now I feel like the title match is incoming a bit too quickly. Yeah. So uh, just like last on that, I mean, Valor Mamadapudi says Jap- uh, Japan's lockdown is more lax 
at the moment. But reminds us, Kenta does live in Florida, so it could just be he's gone home for a bit. Uh, the other thing as well, I wanted to just bring up, just before we do get into the Moxley Omega feud, if it felt like I was distracted, I was trying to save a tweet that was not going well. Um, but this was brought up on the um, Survivor Series stream that we did, where someone pointed out on Twitter that John Moxley, the way that John Moxley was uh, laid out and the way that he was positioned mm. was the same as this, the hanged man with the sort of leg cross. I'm guessing it's like a tarot card style of thing. And... I don't know, like AEW have, have done this sort of thing in the mall where they, they drop in these little Easter eggs for you to try and spot. And like, in fact, actually, like Tony Khan in an interview um, said, like, I think it was yesterday, said that he kind of looks at, you know, AEW in the same way that he that Marvel do the MCU, where it's all about dropping in these Easter eggs for people to pick up on because it pays off for you later on down the line. So if Thank it you, is Tony. the fact that they have laid him out to look like the hanged man, to set up that it was in fact hangman page that is the attacker that's also that's pretty cool could also easily be a swerve just a little bit yeah, of a or, red herring. Or, or just a coincidence yeah uh but the, the the idea of omega and moxley the biggest dynamite in the biggest dynamite the biggest match in dynamite history is next week this winter oh, is yeah. coming special it's kind of like a fighter fest uh mini pay-per-view level vibe um, and yeah, this is huge. This is absolutely enormous. It's coming a, almost a year after that terrible angle with the Dark Order. That was, the, you know, the low point of Dynamite, I think. And they've done so well to recover since then and really learn from their mistakes there. So I, I can really see them doing this to hit the ground running in 2021. But yeah, I, so I, th I really think the title should change hands. And I think mm -hmm, the Kenta way is the best way to do it. But unfortunately i wish we had more build to it because yeah. full gear happened then there was nothing on the dynamite after then there was the contract signing which moxie wasn't a part of and then this week which was a great promo but it wasn't like that killer three month long story that we're used to for a big title change worthy match yeah i i, I mean, honestly I, we, we actually talked about this a little bit off mic pulling back the curtain a little bit, I was supposed to have next week off work. I'd booked next week off work ages ago because I was meant to be going away with my uh, my in-laws for a little bit. That's obviously been cancelled because of COVID and all that sort of stuff. But I've always kind of just had that week off saved because then something might come up. And this morning I woke up and I thought to myself, when is that? When is that holiday coming up? <laughs> Monday? It's coming up Monday. Oh, I've, got, I've done no prep for it whatsoever. So I'm actually not going to take next week off. But that means that next week is the start of December. So when I was watching Dynamite, I was like, oh, wait, the match is next week. Oh, De December's really rolled around quickly. I actually thought we still had a few weeks left of build before we got to the December match. I don't know why. It's just, it's really rolled around quickly. And like you, I think that is because I'm almost not ready for the match yet. Like, I want to see it. I really want to see it. But I, I'm not, I don't feel like I am, like, frothing at the mouth to see it, which I probably would be with, like, a couple of more weeks worth of, of build. Like, some really hot angles to make you want to see this. But as it as it turns out, it's literally next week. Yeah. It's, cra it's crazy because, technically, it has had over a year of build because we're talking about Full Gear 2019, where this feud really started and has sort of tonal bits that they're still riffing off, with this the, the idea being this is a straight-up wrestling match, no hardcore, just to run down what happened on this show. Remember, this is the go-home angle, effectively, to this huge title match. Uh, we had a Omega promo backstage 
where he said that his dad could beat up John's dad, which (laughs) was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, Moxley sort of challenged Eddie Kingston, had a stare down with Eddie Kingston backstage, interrupted an interview Eddie was doing, which was really cool as well. And Kingston was like, it wasn't me who beat you down, man. You know who who beat you down. And then Moxley interrupts the contract signing in a really cool way, Omega's coming out in that awesome entrance he does now, where he's silhouetted in the entrance tunnel. And you see Moxley, Moxley's silhouette attack him. It was like watching a Wrestle Talk News thumbnail. Getting, it was getting so good. Gripped and uh, vacant was destroyed. But then Moxley cuts this amazing promo afterwards, uh, does the bullet cl- uh, bullet gun point at him, but he, sa- he doesn't think Omega attacked him. He, no. he said, I don't know who you paid off to attack me. Yeah, and we don't even know if it was Omega who paid someone off to attack him. That's just that is Moxley, just you know, possibly as speculating as much as we are that it's Kenta or Raven. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, I, I I just loved it. And like Moxley was so fired up in this promo, so much that at one point he just said, "God, I love this S word." Like he was just <laughs> like all of a sudden, like this sort of like childhood glee in him came. He was like, "Oh, I'm promoting a really big title match that's going to be on TV." Oh, I love this. This is great. He just seemed like really sort of amped up for it. And I think Moxley did it at a, a brilliant job in, in getting this match over. Mm. And you know how like you've got to if you're going to beat me you are going to have to climb a mountain that no one else has been able to. No one has been able to do this for 18 months to be able to beat me. And I loved the fact that Mox, uh, Omega's promo not wasn't just about how you know my dad could beat up your dad. It was also, hey, do you know what? Gentlemen's agreements. Just let, let's leave the garbage wrestling at home. Hey, you know, come here, prove that you're the best wrestler. Moxie gets in the ring, beats him up, and is like, no. Like, I don't have to. <laughs> Takes two Exactly. Yeah. I don't have to, like, if I beat you, I'm just going to say I'm the best wrestler. I don't care. Uh, and I'm just going to beat you in any way that I possibly can. I thought it was a really, really nice way to, you know, he didn't come out and be like, yeah, no, I will prove to you. He's just like, no, this is mm. me, mate. Like you're, you're fighting John Moxley. You're getting John Moxley. Yeah. Unapologetic. I, I thought I was saying that uh, takes two to tango. Cause I thought Kenny, although he didn't do much, he just got beaten up really was amazing here as well. There was the, the, there was a, a unique style of glee I saw when he was on the floor wearing his little ankle socks with smart shoes and a, and a suit, get like reaching out for the title, beaten down mm-hmm. on the floor like this sniveling coward heel, even though he projects himself as something much bigger than that. I was really into that heel dynamic. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of very selfless to make yourself look so weak in that regard for a wrestler. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Immorons. Let's see what you guys think on the Ultra Chats. Get all your Ultra Chats in at WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We will read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Tyler Woodward, I'm calling it now. Kenta attacked Mox to set up a Bullet Club invasion spearheaded by Kenny. I didn't even think about the Bullet Club angle to this. Holy oh, yeah. crap. Yeah, I mean, like... You want to talk about someone who was just like who made Bullet Club a big thing? Like Bullet Club was really popular under Kenny. It was really popular under uh, David, but it took off under Kenny. Like that was mm. when they started to like you know really invade into the US and stuff. Bullet Club USA, you know, aside from just sort of like Bullet Club Japan, I think would be that'd be really really cool. Wow, yeah, that is super cool. Uh, Tyler continues. Hashtag peen that peen. And how many peens are there, Mr. Peen? <laughs> I'm the jam peen. The jam peen. It's not brought up here in the Ultra Chats, but I thought I would uh, uh, ask it to you because it was coming up in this the chat feed, people suggesting that it could go to a 60-minute time limit draw next week. Yeah, so that's the, the other bit of speculation. Mm, I like it. I like it. I do like mm -hmm. that a lot. And then you do the, the big rematch later on. I... I However, I do think that there's daylight between these two options, and it's a really tough choice for AEW and Tony Khan to ultimately make. But I think AEW are in a position now where you S-word or get off the pot, as they crudely mm -hmm. say. And yes, it would be a better story. The emotional engagement would be higher if they do the 60-minute draw and they do a rematch at Revolution in February. But I think 
you want Kenny as champion right as soon as possible. Moxley's been fantastic. Don't mm -hmm. want to have a bad word said against him, but it's locked down. It's hard to get over. It's a shame that circumstances conspired against him. Get the belt on Kenny. Freshen it up a bit. Keep keep that promotion moving forward. And hey, I'm I'm not one to kind of like stir the speculation pot, but Lincoln Jacketomy said like, aren't Tamatonga and Tongaloa in the US at the moment as well? <laughs> Christopher Jazzcat. Let's see what his crap take is this week. Uh, everyone is hyped at the idea of Kenta because Forbidden Door. But can we just take a moment to speculate about how match that would be that would be stiff as a horse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, it would be. I'm in for uh, it. Michael Dominguez, same guy who attacked John, do the voice, was Jan. the same... Oh, Jan. Was the same guy who attacked Zahn. <laughs> Zane. Uh, yeah, money in the bank. Them, yeah. Uh, I hope Kenny wins. That is a... Uh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Thanksgiving is a joke from a historical point of view. Um, do you know what? We actually had a Patreon mailbag question on uh, Friday's show that said that they didn't know that we here in the UK did not celebrate Thanksgiving. Um it's a typical American view of things. The uh, World the Series. Thing. But everybody <laughs> should like baseball, right? Remember the argument? We, we made a joke about the World Series being like, it's not really the World Series. And then someone's like, hey, Canada are in it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're pretty much America. <laughs> North America. Or as, or as um, Scott Steiner once put it, uh, it's Mexico North. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, finally, for now, from Bradley Shepard, not the reporter, but hey, I may be reading too much into this, uh, which is what I've come to expect from AEW. But do you think, do you guys think Kenny is turning on the Bucks soon? His obsession with the belt and being the be being in the best matches, FTR's attitude, and the Four Horsemen. I mean, I don't know. Like, it, uh, Kenny turning on the Bucks, I think, would be a really, really interesting. Like, uh, that'd be a pretty big moment. Like, that would actually be quite huge. I don't know if I'm feeling that at the moment, though. But maybe, like, that's going to be sort of, like, the big shock thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's too much. You don't want to overbook stuff right now. But Kenny's, the, all those FTR teases, the North Carolina teases in his entrance, Kenny's cleared it up himself. It's apparently just a Michael Jordan reference. There's, yeah. well, in that regard, we might be reading too much into it. Okay, let's do this episode of Dynamite. It's just a sort of overall cast of this episode of Dynamite. There wasn't a single thing I didn't like. Nope, nope. Really, <laughs> really, really enjoyed this episode. Thought this episode was great. Not like, and this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing when it comes to like you know how the scoring system for for rest talk is is you know people say it's balked. People say that it doesn't work. Because, yeah, this was an excellent wrestling show. I loved every single segment, loved everything about it. But it wasn't a four out of four show. It was a really good... Like, this is, ju this is just a standard episode of Dynamite, which is, it's two hours of great telly, mate. Yeah, it's a setup show. It's a go-home show for next week's mini pay-per-view Winter is Coming TV special. And there is no shame in just putting on a very enjoyable two-hour episode. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Three out of four. So it started <laughs> off with Hangman Page versus John Silver in just a great match. Great little match, mate. John Silver 
is uh, I, I've, I've parroted Meltzer on this a couple of times, but in an in a non-COVID world where there would have been mm. fans in there, John Silver would be one of the most overact, particularly like to the AEW audience that would have gone to shows. He'd have been so massively over. He is charismatic out the wazoo, man. He's just this. He's as short as he is wide or as tall as he is wide. He is just like, he's incredible. But Paige is amazing. And I, it was weird because it's not like Paige has been gone for ages. But my first note was like, God, it's great to see Hangman back. <laughs> <laughs> Crucially, without a beverage in his hand. Mm -hmm. So he's kicking the booze, hopefully. It was very subtly done, but maybe this is the return of Hangman getting back on the horse, as it were. Uh, with John Silver, uh, what I love about him is he is primarily a comedic wrestler right now in AEW, but he's he uses that in this match as a Trojan horse. So he sort of gets you in with that comedy at the start, comparing his, I don't know how this is possible, his massive arms made pages look dinky, made yeah. pages look like my arms. Is he just doing arm day? every day is that it now it's just like he's just ignoring every other part of his body he's like i'm just gonna do arm day just, again hey it's lockdown for you <laughs> but they like he used that trojan horse of comedy to get you in and then the second half of the match is actually pretty aggressive and hard hitting and going back and forth really really fun but hangman page one with the buckshot larry in the end and then we got the rest of the dark order coming down led by evil uno to sort of offer Paige a place in the Dark Order because there are no bigger cults than the Elite. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice line, actually. Like, you know, you wanted to leave and they wouldn't let you leave. Sounds mm. like a cult to me. So I thought it was a really, really... Co I thought I was very clever. I was kind of interested... Uh, try, try that again. I was really interested by your review where you felt that this was like another new version of the Dark Order, whereas this felt to me like it was... It's the same the Dark Order has been. Just like, you know, Brody hasn't been around for a while because he's injured. Yeah, I it's yeah, you're right. It's not like this was a brand new presentation on this day. But this this is like I felt like this is this version of the Dark Order. And, you know, we just we just had a version of the Dark Order with Brody Lee. We had a different version before that. We had the pre Marty Skull version before that. We had the the all-out version with the Creepers before that. Mm. And it's like, I've actually enjoyed the majority of those versions. And and the Dark Order, this this show, and I love John Silver, this show felt so John Silver Dark Order heavy. And if I just tuned in, I would be going, oh, okay, so Dark Order are the sort of comedy, yappy, swinging up John Silver style act. And that's great. But it, it jars with what Brody Lee brought to the table. I wonder if this is all, it's part of, it's done by design. Like the idea is going to be that Brody is going to come back and be like, what has happened to my dark, my dark order in my absence? John Silver has turned us into this sort of comedy, scrappy do goofball act. And that's, you know, how you set up the, the Brody return and the, the more serious side of the Dark Order, perhaps. But that is just me sort of like possibly grasping at straws, really. No, I agree. I think that's where they're going with it. I I feel like the last couple of months, as as fun as it's been, has, has sort of been serving two masters. And I don't mm. think that's the most effective way. Being hypercritical here, folks. 
it's it's still really enjoyable stuff. Uh, then we got the Kenny Omega promo backstage to Marvez, where he talked about <laughs> really popped me because Mox spoke so sincerely and earnestly the previous week about how his dad was a tough guy and how Moxie was so much like his dad, and Kenny was just like. My dad could beat the S word out of your dad. It was so good because it was, it was like after his promo had finished. So yeah. like he finished his promo and he's like, right, I'm off now, Marvez. Then comes back and be like, oh, actually, no, by the way, while I'm here, my dad could beat up your dad. My dad's Mr. T. Darby Allen, meanwhile, can beat up a car. Yeah, what sets fire to it? Like that, you yeah. know, it's a pretty, pretty good way to, to beat up a car, really. So how can we make Will Hobbs more impressive apart from turning him heel? And joining Team Taz last week, is it you call him Powerhouse? <laughs> yeah, he's now just that. He is literally big beefy boy, Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah, he just came out and just, and like he's in orange and black now as well. He's in Taz colors. Do you mm -hmm. know some um, AEW's new gimmick that they did this week? I don't know if this is new or if I've just not spotted it before. But in the bottom corner of the screen, they kind of tell you who's in the ring with their colors. So it'll be like, Ooh. so like uh, I noticed. I first noticed it during the SCU Jericho Hager match, but like it had like sort of like white and red thing that said SCU, and then like black and gold or whatever it was, um, Hager and Jericho. I oh, like, that's like, that's really good. I love that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I, this is just the first time I've noticed it. Or if they've been actually doing that since day one. This is just the first <laughs> time. I'm like, oh, that's a that's a funny little thing. Uh, but yeah, he came out and he just killed uh, Lee Johnson, beat up this man, and just pinned him very quickly. I think he should be called just called Power Hobbs. <laughs> Power Hobbs. So after he beat him, Lee Johnson, by the way, is also a member of the Nightmare family now. <laughs> I missed this until I saw your review. But yeah, you're right. I mean, everyone else is at this point. I don't, everyone's looking at Dark Order. Someone should look at Kobe. <laughs> He's recruiting people left, right and center. Has uh, he just got like that little flyer thing at the back? Enjoyed your tryout match? Come train with us. It's all a big feeder system for his, his wrestling school gimmick. Or, or does Cody just like think there's anyone who shakes his hand? It's now part of it's like, oh, yeah, they're part of my family now. <laughs> so, someone just feels like, hello, my, my name is Lee Johnston. Like, he's part of the family. Yeah. Uh, but then Taz sent Power Hobbs to the back and cut this like really, really good promo. I like this segment a lot where... Taz effectively said, this is the FTW Championship. You're all disrespecting it backstage in management. I demand someone to come out to talk to me. His microphone was cut off twice. And then Cody came out wearing the headset, doing his sort of backstage gorilla position, producing stuff. And he said, look, I'll, I'll run it up the flagpole. And this made Taz very angry. So what, are you going to future endeavor me? I run it up the flagpole. Flagpole sounds like WWE verbiage. I'm not familiar no. with that saying. But it must be. I mean, I, I just don't know from the corporate world. I'm yeah. Just like, yeah, we'll run that. We'll run that one up the flagpole. And I think that was Cody just gave him a blanket corporate speak, which is going to anger Taz more. Then Taz was like, "Oh, what's crazy? have got nothing for me. You're going to send me an email that says, uh, wish you well in your future endeavors.'" Um, and then Cody points out that if you're so great, why is your son training with me? And like, and then Taz puts down the microphone. He's like. Why you had? Why'd you say that? We didn't have to make this personal. There's no need to do that. Cody turns around to you know be like, "Hey, folks, everything's going to be fine now." Taz mission. I proper popped for the Taz mission. Yeah, proper it's rare. For the Taz it's so I know. rare. 
I feel like I haven't properly seen it, like properly seen a Taz mission since he did it to Jerry Lawler at the second one night stand. He's probably mm. done it again since, but that's the one like that for me is like feels like the last time I properly saw the Taz mission. Probably did it a bunch in TNA that I just don't remember. Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> yeah, I really, really like this. I'm a bit confused. Like if I zoom out, I'm like, so who's Cody feuding with? Because it feels like just the mid card. He's feuding with the mid card and Shaq. <laughs> but I, I imagine it will start to solidify into as we approach into next year. So this is good. Plates. Multiple plates. Every character has their own like mm. series of multiple plates that they're spinning, which I, you know, I very much appreciate. Really appreciate. Uh, then we got the Eddie Kingston bit, kind of the promo on the Lucha Bros, but John Moxley walked in. Uh, great, great interaction between them. I'm so glad they don't just drop stuff and they still, like you said, keep those plates spinning. Then we got Top Flight. I thought I just assumed this match would have been on Dark the way AEW usually does stuff. Top Flight made their debut last week after signing, fought the Young Bucks, uh, blew everyone away, and Hybrid 2 attacked them after the match. You're like, okay, that's a good dark feud. But no, they put it on Dynamite. And mm. this was a really fun match. Yeah, unsurprisingly so. You know, the Hybrid 2, we don't get to see them a lot on Dynamite. Um, and Jack Evans has, you know, he's gone on record saying that he feels that's partially his fault because one of the things that he's not very good at as a wrestler is pitching storyline ideas. Mm. So that's so when people be like, oh, the hybrid two of just like AW don't use them, Jack Evans would be like, that's it's me. Like I'm like the pair of us aren't very good at going to management and be like, here's an idea that we would like to do. Um so I uh, I thought this was really, really great stuff. Love watching Angelico and Jack Evans wrestle. Top flight have got so much upside to them. 19 and 21 match. Oh, so insane. so young. And like I mean, like someone just said there, oh, this match was like sloppy. I didn't really feel like it. It was. I thought it was. It was really, really good. I think there's there's smooth as butter at times. Uh, top flight. I think I really, really enjoyed this. Had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's it's not like I've seen some people go crazy for it. Uh, I think sometimes it's easy to confuse stuff that's new with stuff that's good you know hmm. uh, but yeah. I, they're, they're so promising i think that's where a lot of people find enjoyment in this in that top flight are a bit rough and ready they are a bit sort of boxy when they walk around the ring um but man they're just so innovative and that those sorts of like the, the way they move in sequence where one will just sort of take a knee and the other one will do a move off them or to someone really really dynamic stuff um but yeah, I think that the main source of enjoyment here is the future. Like you, mm -hmm. you look at this and you're like, oh, I cannot wait to watch these guys grow. And in five years time, these are going to be one of the best teams in the world, uh, which which really played into the finish. Because I, I love the fact that they lost and they tapped out, arguably mm -hmm. one of the most humiliating ways to be defeated. And it's... It, I said it in my review. In WWE, they beat they beat people over and over again. I mean, you get very frustrated by it. But in New Japan, they also beat new people over and over again, routinely. It's part of the system. But the difference is WWE do it to people they debut in like the main event segment, and they've got all that momentum, and then they beat them for like two months or flatten them out. New Japan do it the opposite way. They build from the ground up. You beat the the young lions over and over again, so the, the the audience becomes invested in their journey and their growth to finally start getting those wins. So top flight 
have had two really impressive showings. They've lost both times. You keep beating them. And when they eventually win one, it's going to it's going to really mean something. Yeah, and it's never it's not a losing streak. It's not like someone, mm. you know, a team is just losing again and again and again. It's like, oh, when will they ever pick up that victory? It's just like, now oh, one day this team is going to, they're going to find that thing because they keep putting it on commentary, the inexperience. JR in particular, Salty JR, as much as, you know, <laughs> we sort of rag on JR sometimes. He can pull out little gems like this. He was talking about in this match is they can't do covers. It's just like every time you can say it, the coverage like that's you're not going to get wins locking in covers that way, putting over their inexperience. So, yeah, when they lose to top, uh, when they lose to hit uh, TH2, you're like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, they're, they're the inexperienced team and you build them up. And I got yeah, when you mentioned that in your review, I got flashbacks to show and yo, mm-hmm. like when show and exactly. yo. Exactly. Sort of- yeah. Jay White yeah. for me. I remember watching yeah. him getting beaten and beaten and beaten. <laughs> Exactly, yeah, but like Sho and Yo now are one of like the most popular acts that, that New Japan have got. And so it it totally works. And I can see them doing this style of, of booking with Top Flight. And it's a style of booking that will really, really work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we get Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose sending a message to Brandy. So it looks like they're going to be heading up the, the lady part of the Shaq feud, potentially, with Jade Cargill. Yeah, we saw them last week kind of sort of getting involved in the, this Brandy thing. I, you know what the most shocking thing about this was to me? This was a uh, a, a promo for, for, you know, hyping up a women's uh, feud that was not grouped together with all the other women's stuff. It, it's a tiny change, but it completely transforms the, the skeleton of the show. Right. Yeah, much, much more holistic. Liked it a lot. Uh, FT, the, the segment itself, I, I didn't, you know, it didn't do anything for me, but the the scheduling <laughs> oh uh ftr then cut this really good promo uh really really liked it, it looked like they're in a camper van with tully blanchard and they they said how the full gear was the worst night of their lives when they lost those belts and mm-hmm. they admitted for three seconds the bucks were better than them and I just, just three what, seconds what a great way to make me want to see a rematch I, I know, thought there's right? an excellent promo. Yeah. And Tully Blanchard being like, I mean, you're going to, those tag titles belong to you. Like, you're going to, we're going to be the champions again. I thought it was really, really great to, to kind of like, you know, it's it, to keep that momentum for FTR going. Really, really nice up. And all what just a simple promo, putting mm. over the teams, putting over both teams. <clears throat> good stuff. Yeah. No tomfoolery of being sore losers or anything like that. It was like, in those, th- not even on that night, in those three seconds. You were better than us, but not not the rest of the time. The other thing we didn't mention with that top flight match as well is that afterwards TH2 continues to beat mm. down um top flight afterwards. And the Bucks came out to make the save. And they did mention on commentary that like, you know, perhaps the top flight have found their mentors in the young bucks. So you know thought, so gone. I thought they were part of the nightmare family. <laughs> Well, the Young Bugs and the Top Flight. Maybe it's like it's a subsection of the Nightmare family. <laughs> uh, in a, it's going to be a crowded Thanksgiving today, isn't it, for the Nightmare family? <laughs> going to have to hire an, a convention hall. Uh, so after that, we got the inner circle of Jake Hager and Chris Jericho versus SCU of Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels. Oh, my God. How have Daniels and Jericho never right? wrestled each other? 
that's I, that was my first thought. I was like, it is amazing that this is the first match between these two. But like, you think about it, it's like, well, yeah, I guess it makes sense because Jericho left WCW in '99. Daniels came into WCW in late '99 into early 2000, so the paths wouldn't have crossed there. Then Daniels has been on the Indies, and Jericho's been in WWE ever since. So yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. But at the same time, I was like, how is this the first time that these two have ever shared the ring together? But I actually got I got a bit giddy about it. Yeah, like, <gasps> Chris Jericho versus Christopher Daniels. Yeah, I'll have some of that. Yeah, you look at the rest of the wrestling on this this show, and I get that. You know, there's an argument to say this was the weakest match. Not to say it's bad. It was still hugely enjoyable. But it's just a testament to the strength of everyone else on the not everyone else on the card. But you know, the style of exciting TV wrestling they had. But this this holds a special place in my heart. Because I love Christopher Daniels. Like, I love him so much. Jericho, you know, obviously is fantastic. Jake, Jake Hager's one of the best of all time. But Kazarian, man. Kazarian. Kaz. He blows me away. He blows yep. me away. And even though at the start of this match, when they locked up and started it off, I was like, I want to see Daniels Jericho in a singles match. But I don't know if Daniels is injured or something at the moment, or he's just taking it easy because he does have that sort of talent management role backstage, I believe. But he, he doesn't wrestle that much these days. And when he does, people jump on him for botching too much. Kaz, however, is freaking seamless. And by the end of this match, I was like, oh, I want to see Kaz versus Jericho. And then they announced it in a segment later on. Yeah, it was funny. I was actually listening to a podcast uh, last week that was reviewing a show from 2003 that had Frankie Kazarian on that show 17 years ago. And even then, like, you know, people were saying like, man, wow. Frankie Kazarian, he's the future of, of, of wrestling. And there'll be people now that be like, oh, yeah, well, 17 years, Frankie, he's, he's slowing down now. He's not quite what he was. And it's like, and then you watch him wrestle on Dynamite, like Frankie Kazarian could easily be in the main event scene of AEW and would not feel out of place because he is so, so good. Has not missed a beat at all. Mm. Yeah, I, did, I I love him. That match against Hangman Page on TV last month. It's my match yeah. of the month in WrestleTalk yeah. Magazine from TV. Absolutely loved it. Uh, but this match, you know, it was a very decent tag match. It was the yeah. weakest match on the show, uh, but it ended. It was so cool to see all of the inner circle out there with Wardlow and MJF. Uh, in addition, MJF clocks uh, Daniels. Yeah, it was Daniels with the, the diamond, diamond ring. ring, and then uh, Judas Effect. Oh, no way you're kicking out of those two bad boys. And Hager got the pimp. Yeah, and I very much enjoyed their promo <clears throat> afterwards because, like, so Inner Circle continued to be down SEO after the match. Scorpio Sky runs down to make uh, to make the save. And then Jericho and MJF are cutting this promo where Jericho says, look, we won that match fair and square. <laughs> <laughs> and MJF is like, who? Who cheap shots someone? <laughs> so good. And all the time in the background of that match, uh, sorry, that promo, Wardlow and Hager are just staring at each other. I don't know whether they're going to fight or F-word. <laughs> but going by how you know the dance numbers the little las vegas skit i won't be surprised if they just start snogging yeah i mean it could be point. both <laughs> just like just snogging and punching each other at the same time well hager does like going for guys dicks in the mma fights <laughs> so many low blows uh the i said i didn't like anything i didn't not enjoy anything on this show uh and this was fine but it's just, it's a bit like this plate is spinning too much now. 
which is Kip Sabian and Miro launching their video game streaming thing, channel, Twitch. It's probably a shot at WWE. And Cassidy, Orange Cassidy, turns off their machine on the console. And I sound like such an old man because I didn't write <laughs> down what the actual console was. I wrote down I Mega think, Drive as a joke. I think it was the Xbox, the new Xbox one. Mm -hmm. I don't know and, what it's called, but it's that one. I think it's that one. It looks like the, the, the thing from 2001. <laughs> the, the Xbox monolith. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, they had a brawl with best friends around some trailers. My favorite bit about this was Miro grabbing the cameraman <laughs> and just screaming at it into the lens, move out of the way! That made me laugh. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready for this to do something now. Yeah. And yeah. for the Bachelor's I mean, party to happen. And I thought to myself, oh, they'll be in the Battle Royal next week. But they're not. Cassidy's in the Battle Royal, but I don't think best friends are in it. Maybe Miro's injured. There's got to be a reason all of this has sort of been derailed. I don't know. Uh, then we got the Omega Marks contract signing, the Inner Circle promo, and then we got this continuation of what they started last week, and that is actually giving the women's matches and segments something, some substance. Because we've had matches, there's always been a women's match on Dynamite since lockdown began, but there's been no, there's been nothing behind it. It's just been like, here are two women, they are going to fight. Sheeda's in the crowd. And this time, they got video packages. They got an angle afterwards. And the match itself, I, I quite enjoyed. Dude, bearing in mind that I mean, Anna Jay pointed this out in the video package, the match that she had with Hikaru Shida this year, which honestly feels like a lifetime ago at this point, but she had a match with her this year, and that was her seventh ever match. It was like, you know, wow. really, like she's really early in her career. So she's still like, you know, sub 20, 30 matches or whatever, because, you know, she's having stuff on dark, but it's not like you're doing house show loops and things like that. So she pulled out a really, really great match uh, mm. with Hikaru Shida. I really enjoyed this. And I think that Anna Jay is, there's a lot of upside to her. Like a lot of the women in AEW's women's division, a lot of them are, you know, they're in their formative years, but there's so much upside to them. You're like, oh man, yeah, well, I can see again, kind of like top flight, five years time, they're going to be really, really good. And they'll be at the top of this division. Yeah. Yeah. I think the top flight comparisons really really valid there uh they so the dark order on the stage john silver was directing stuff who is in control of this faction <laughs> evil uno who knows and ty conti gets a like anna jay's give me the chair give me the chair anna ty conti gets the chair out and then ty conti decides to go no actually i'm not gonna give you the chair i just thought it was that didn't work for me uh, but then the Dark Order gave Anna Jay a kendo stick. They used that on Sheeda's knee, but Sheeda rallied through it, and she still won. So I, yeah, I thought this was it was really exciting stuff near the end. And then yeah, there was the uh, the Abaddon, 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 I believe. Abaddon. Oh, but back to this again. This is what happens when she hasn't been on TV for ages. I know she was injured, like, but we've all forgotten how to say the name now. Oh, um, she scares the bejeebus out of me. I don't like her. Another. <laughs> like i mean dude did you see her cosplaying as chucky over halloween like i mean chucky's scary enough like but crikey um anyway so like i i actually i, I didn't mind the the anna J chair spot to be honest with you because i i felt like it was all a big ploy like she knew that ty Cody wouldn't give her the chair so it was a way to distract the referee so that they could she could get the kendo stick off of uh whichever member of the dark order it was i thought it, it totally worked um and but yeah, and then uh, she'd a powering through to get the win. Da -da 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 -da. And Jay, a heck of a lot of good. 
and then yeah she came out she started celebrating in the ring abaddon comes out just like crawling on Anne's knees blood is pouring out of her mouth because she is literally the living dead girl she grabs the title shida craps her pants you know completely falls down not in like that seth rollins kind of way she was like genuinely quite scared and then she grabs the title licks it leaves this bloody prince uh, down this and it was and as you said in your review it was her way of going like i would like a title shot please yeah do you think that's what she's saying in her head and she's yeah. so misunderstood the way she art- articulates these questions uh we get a big money matt hardy promo uh, ahead of next week's diamond battle royal so it's such a loaded show next week lots of people involved in that ricky's real I don't know. <laughs> I mean, in this pro, <laughs> in this promo, he said, "I overcame the odds against Sammy Guevara, so you can overcome the odds in your pedestrian lives." Mm. That doesn't exactly sound like the words of a baby face. Like his yeah. new thing is, "What would Matt Hardy do?" Yeah, but everyone loves Matt Hardy. Broken Matt Hardy wasn't exactly a an out t- a blue eyed white meat baby face either, was he? Ricky Starks cuts a really good promo, I thought. That team oh, Taz excellent. looked awesome with yeah. Cage and Hobbs behind him. Do we know if Hook's now an official member of them? Like, is he wasn't Hook... in this bit. No, well, that's because he left. They said that him and Taz left earlier in the days, <sighs> so you know, which is why the three of them are there. I hope not, just because it kind of undermines Hobbs joining. Mm, yeah, as a four-man faction, but like yeah, it, it, it's it, not it, the Nightmare Family. <laughs> because yeah we didn't mention them but like hook taz's kid helped like helped taz you know with the get grab the ftw title and walk to the back uh alongside him. So he's, he's already left the nightmare family probably the mm. most shocking uh defection <laughs> of 2020 uh and the main event was just a cracking so it was so quick some of the stuff in this match like they just started in the final third of the match and, and stayed there and then found a final third of that final third to level up in. And it was Pack and Phoenix <laughs> as a tag team I know. Uh, taking on the, the Butcher and the Blade. Yeah, so, so great. I love Butcher and Blade, yeah. I love, particularly Butcher, mm-hmm. because everyone else in this ring, you know, Pack's a big flippy dude. Uh, Phoenix is all the flips. Blade's <laughs> no slouch. Blade, you know, he can, he can bust out some things. And then you've got the Butcher, whose special move is clobbering. And he just goes in. So they, so Pack and Phoenix are trying to do this like flippy stuff around. And he's just like, no, just <laughs> like I'm just going to punch you now, and you're going to fall down. I lo- I thought this main event was so much fun. I had an absolute ball with it. It was great. And Kingston's on commentary. It's great to see like, it's great to see this being a main event storyline, and it doesn't feel out of place. Nope. Like that. There's no titles in the mix here. There's. It's just it's just all blood feuding, and it's really really intriguing. And Eddie Kingston is still in the main event, despite losing at full gear. I'm I'm so happy yeah. about that. Um, but he costs Phoenix and Pack the match by pushing pa- uh, Phoenix, sorry, off of the top rope, and they're beating down Pack and Phoenix when Lance Archer and Jake the Snake come down, and Lance clears house. Obviously, everybody dies. And yeah, Lance is like celebrating their standing with the baby faces. But he's not, he didn't come down to save the baby faces. Mm. He came down because he's got a problem with Kingston and has had a problem with Kingston since All Out because you had the uh, the All Out uh, Battle Royal, then you had um, the anniversary show. And so basically, the same story is like, you know, Lance Archer doesn't forget and he has still got his problems with Kingston. So Kingston is now feuding with Death Triangle, but he's also feuding with Lance Archer at the same time. 
And it's just like we said it earlier, it's, it's multiple like characters themselves have their own multiple plate spinning. AEW is a promotion of multiple plate spinning. And within those plate spinnings, there are little smaller plates spinning on top of them. And and those are the wrestlers. So yeah, I I, I thought it was it was really cool. And it was just, you know, it's it's something a bit different. I honestly didn't see it coming. So um and and at the same time, I'm like, oh man, Kingston versus Archif. Yeah, I'd actually be kind of into that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. While at the same time, I still really want to see Pac versus Kingston. Yeah, just just so much stuff going on right now in AEW. And it's going into it just feels like every week this momentum's building and building and building. I'm like, wow, how can they top this? And I'm like, bloody hell, it's the winter is coming special next week. I know it's next so, week. Yeah. I freaking love this promotion. I love them so much. I'm it's so I'm we're 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 all so privileged to have them in existence. Yeah. I was listening to the Young Bucks interview. So many plates spinning. <laughs> I, I was listening to the Young Bucks interview on the Wrestling Observer because, of course, they've got the book out. And they spoke about just the, the formation of AEW and how many stars had to align and chances had to be pulled off for this wild experiment to happen. And, you know, like, if there was no AEW right now, wrestling would be in a very bad way. Mm -hmm. A very, yeah. very bad way. So and thank like you. Uh, just as like a, if if this is the day of giving thanks, thank you AEW. Yeah, that's not to say the the Raw and SmackDown are bad because I think SmackDown's been very very good these last few months, and Raw feels like it's time to pick up a little bit maybe, you know. So hey, it was a decent show on Monday, but yeah, like it is, it's so reassuring that every single Thursday I get to to wake up and know that I'm going to get two hours of quality quality wrestling entertainment, and I love that absolutely love that thank you also to our wonderful pledge hammers on patreon 25 dollars a month or more and you get your own wrestling nickname and a cheap pop on this very show give me the cheap pops in the comments Four, Peter Fiber Brontus. Woo! There he is. Please, sir, can I have some more Dumble Ble Begs even? Blegs. I love the smell of coffee in the morning. Napalm espresso. That's pretty rad. Uh, Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Thank you. Probably better than Kyle Philip O'Reilly. Big claim. Living in the past, Kieran Pryor. Hey. Thank you. The humble egoist, Kieran Pryor. Or egotist. Oh, sorry. Uh, and, and it's also, it's Danny Average. You said Kieran Pryor again. The, the humble egotist, Danny Average. Yeah, yeah, I have another one. Oh, no, now I've got... Um, come on, come on, Denise. What is it? Um, Vienes, Vienes el Dissimentercero. Jason Gutierrez. Woo. All right, it's all. It's our boy, our pay-per-view reactions, green screen, fake backgrounding man, Xandermania, running wild. There he is. Uh, Blompier's number one fan, Tom Delves. Thank you, Tom. B-A-N-A-N-A-S, Hannah Bananas. Oh, okay. I would have gone differently. I'd have gone um, Gwen Stefani. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Ah. That's what I was trying to do. His S is bananas. Mm. But you did um, Carmella's Fabulous. <laughs> Bubba bum, bum, bum. Robocop. 
Yeah. And finally, Colin McCleaner from Finn Balor. Go over to uh, WrestleTalk's Patreon page, everybody. You won't just get a cheap pop shout-out. You've also got loads of extra content, including mine and Luke's classic pay-per-view reviews. You can vote on loads of stuff that we do. And also the WrestleTalk After Dark show, which is coming for you next week where we get drunk. Mm-hmm. Indeed we do. Good times. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to After Dark this week. Do you think you're going to be on After Dark uh, this time? I have blocked out time in my busy schedule <gasps> for it. What? We haven't had you on Dark in ages. Oh, it's because you bored me to tears with that Sonic Choose Your Own Adventure book. <laughs> right, let's get into these whole chats. <laughs> Uh, Christopher Jazzcat. Crap take time. <laughs> Gotta have one every AEW stream from Jazzcat. I think Mox's promos are excellent, but I don't think he has the absolute best matches out of everyone in AEW, and therefore, was he really the best choice for champion? It's about time they put the belt on someone who has had seven star matches. It, well, it's different strokes for different folks. I, I can't think of a... Uh, there hasn't been an AEW title match with John Moxley where I've gone like, well, that was bad. The only one I could think of was probably the Hager empty arena match. And that was felt like it was more of a victim of circumstance than, than anything. Also, it's it's you know it's Moxley versus Jake Hager. But all of his pay-per-view matches, I think of, in some cases, over-delivered. I think he's been a really, really great champion. Yeah, I, I think he really has put to rest the, the idea that Moxley is all promo and no match. I think that the storytelling in these matches have been uh, has been amazing. I don't think he's a bad wrestler at all. Uh, I think he's just not to some people's tastes. Uh, also, the idea of your top champion being the best in-ring wrestler from a sort of artistic standpoint is a relatively new phenomenon. It typically mm. works best when they're just great at promos, they look good, they're cool, and they're over with the audience. Chris Jericho was the last AEW champion. Yeah. He's not the best wrestler in that company. No. so it's a, it's, Sometimes it's just being about the biggest draw. I think Moxley, at that point when he won the title, was the biggest draw. Uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, the man who attacked Moxley is Marty Skrull. Gorilla Press exclusive. I think that I don't think AEW would do that right now, given all the sort of controversy around that. Uh, Christopher Jazzcat again. I get that it will be divisive, but I really enjoyed the Taz segment. I was a huge Taz fan back in ECW days. I popped for Taz doing the Kata Hajimi nostalgia. Ain't what it used to be. Kata Hajima. Kata Hajime. We're saying um, the same thing. <laughs> Abaddon. Um, yeah, no, I mean, dude, I popped totally for, for the Taz mission. Thought it was great. Magnus. Interested to see where this Page Dark Order story is going. Will he join them until he breaks free and restarts the storyline with Omega? The F hangman scene on BTE after full gear is still as heartbreaking as it was wonderful storytelling. It really freaking is. Um, I think... I wouldn't mind him joining them for a bit, but not joining them like Colt Cabana joining them. Mm, Just someone yeah. to hang out with. Justin Hraz, it's FTR. The cleaner girls are wearing 80s workout clothes. And last week, Mox's neck was injured like it would be from a mind breaker. Mm. I don't know. I think I'm, I've moved past the FTR thing mm. now. I think I'm, I'm, I've moved on from that. I don't know if it is them anymore. 
Same. A suave titan, loving about 95% of AEW storylines, the other 5% being Miro Kip. Mm. Yeah, it's just not doing anything. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not working for me. Oh, we've got one from last week. Sorry we missed this one, Will Landrum. Hey, quick booking. Paige joins Dark Order. Bucks and Cody try to save him. They end up needing Omega at the last second when only Omega can save Paige. He refuses, then walks away, spin out a feud with the Elite, and Uno redeems Paige, then Paige versus Omega. I mean, yeah, Paige versus Omega for me is the end goal of all of this for the title. So, yeah, possibly even an all-out three next year. I really like that scenario. I think Paige's redemption story has to be one done alone, though, not with the Dark mm -hmm. Order. Yeah, and maybe that's like him like not joining the Dark Order is sort of the first step of that. It was like, I don't need anyone around mm -hmm. me to do this on my own. And I said all out three, but I'd actually, I could really dig it being at full gear next year, like one year on from the, the closest that Paige has been to the title, you know, since since losing it at all out one. So I think that'd be a really nice storytelling. Uh, wrestling related, Stephen Guzman says, uh, thanks to WrestleTalk, I've rediscovered my love of wrestling and realized something. I think I love AEW so much because it feels like in reality, AEW is artificial and AEW feels uh, real. Like even the commentary feels artificial in AEW. Am I being crazy? No, you are not. You're going to have to fill for time for a second. My battery is about to run out. So I need to <laughs> put this light on so I can turn this light off. I'll be back in one moment. Yeah, I... I, I... I agree with you, Stephen. I think uh, WWE does when it when WWE does stuff right. I, I love it because that's what I grew up with. I still hold a lot of deep seated love for that promotion, but unfortunately, it's uh, sort of an echo chamber in one man's mind right now. And they don't. They're, they 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 profess that themselves. They're not about reality. They're sports entertainment. Uh, Mr. Burt Wayne, happy Thanksgiving from the Gorilla Press family to yours. After successfully sponsoring Masha Slamovich's hair for Japan's Marvelous Assemble program, we are sponsoring her 2021 ring gear being handcrafted by Haoming. He has risen, he is global thunder arm, and many Japan shows have been cancelled for several weeks due to a COVID situation. That's another Gorilla Press exclusive. Uh, last night, uh, this was sent to the wrong link, apparently. Um, this is So this was from Quizlemania. Rooting for Team Zanuck yeah. from Truckee, California. I'm watching this while also writing a critical analysis of the Cutler versus Avalon feud to submit to the literary magazines because I think it's the best feud. And it was on free on Dark. Perfect storytelling. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't watch Dark because I don't have a spare four hours uh, every single week. And that show feels like it's never ending. I saw a joke the other week that said Dark is going to get so long that it's basically just going to be the pre-show for Dynamite. Like, you just <laughs> Watch Dark, it ends and then Dynamite starts. Um, but yeah, I've I, I saw nothing but great stuff for it. Uh, Reese Johnson, uh, he sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows how to take your championship. So retire for goodness sake. Fakador is coming to town. The Ollie Authority has to burn. Everything will be Fakador. No, 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 no. Fakador. There's no Fakador. It's just Laurie. Mr. Hanktastic, uh, giving this Streamlabs, uh, Streamlabs thing a look. Thanks for all the great pods. Yeah, we haven't got the Streamlabs uh, set up today because our producer uh, couldn't quite, his internet wasn't strong enough for it. So we're just on classic old StreamYard today. Uh, Charles Berg, um, hey there, lads. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you got a kick out of my toilet humor yesterday. I always get a good laugh watching you two sweet boys and the extended WrestleTalk crew. The mods are excellent people. I also think the Young Bucks did it. Ooh, potentially. I don't know, though. Like, they seem separate to this whole thing now. 
Uh, Carol Wands, congrats, Ollie. Great job on Quizzle Mania. Made me smile during your charade. Uh, you were fantastic. Team Danuk were the cutest couple, hands down. Andy's ultrasound won the night. <laughs> Wasn't expecting that. Love you all. Happy Thanksgiving, Swap Nation. Get rowdy. Yes, please. Just so we're... Andy's girlfriend is not pregnant. He sent an ultrasound... His mum's ultrasound with Andy... I've said that wrong. When and when Andy's mom was pregnant with Andy, she has an ultrasound done. Andy sent that picture to Adam for the all grown up gag on Quizzlemania. Adam just didn't get that and was just like, just thought that Andy was telling him that he was expecting now because it was without context. It was yeah. so funny when they told us that story. Uh, T Keys. Um, I wonder if it's Tim Keys. Uh, hello, every, uh, early Thanksgiving morning with the boys. Your content has been a bright spot for my year. Hugs and hearts from Seattle. Jam that jam. Yes, please. Up no, thank you, you, my friend. Brett uh, J. Rasman says, uh, I just wanted to say that I'm thankful for you guys at Rest Talk. been watching you for years, and I love that you still, uh, and I love you, sorry, and I still love everything that you guys do. Love AEW, jam that jam. Laurie's coming for you, Ollie. Everything will be fakeador. No, it won't. That's an old storyline. Jobba JJ uh, says, uh, it's not storylines. We don't have storylines here. It's just real life. Uh, Jobba JJ, happy Thanksgiving to my American friends and everyone who celebrates the holiday. I'm thankful for Wrestle Talk's great content and all the SWAF Nation friends I have made. Jam that jam with 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 heart emojis. Very, very great. Jobba JJ. I can't wait to do a meetup. I know, right? Can't wait. Uh, Stu, uh, thank you for your donation and no message. And lastly, Jazzcast, to follow on from his earlier point. Not saying Mox is a bad wrestler. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with New Japan. It's because Okada was legitimately the best and could bring out the best in everyone he worked with. I can understand the draw argument, though. I love Jazzcat's Ultra Chats because he has to pay us so much more money to qualify his original statement. I'd like to extend out a uh, big thank you to everyone that got in touch. Lots of people got in touch with me. Email, Twitter. Someone even messaged me on Discord to let me know that I was being an idiot. Because if you go to Apple's official website, like Apple's page for our podcast, there have been no reviews there since August. However, if you go to the app on like on my Mac and load it up, there's loads of reviews. What? So I don't. I know, right? But like the website hasn't been updated for whatever reviews. Are they are they good? Uh, I mean, well, we've got this one. Uh, our first one here actually comes back in, in October. Uh, embarrassingly biased in more and many ways. Let's sum <laughs> it up. Out the I, bad ones. I brown nose my boss. My boss consistently asks listeners for money. We slate listeners for their opinions, unless, of course, they pay us on YouTube. As a long-time listener, I just couldn't keep up. This for the wrestling news, but it's become a strange parody of what it once was. They slate WWE, quite, quite rightly so in many cases, but it's unbelievable <laughs> how much they kiss the backside of AEW. Wow. People really but, think we're, we're bad for liking AEW. But... Two star review, not a, not a one star review. Ah. So, you know. um, this person also left one in June that called us the only wrestling podcast and the best. A four star review there, which I found. Oh come <laughs> on, that's worse. Um, but we've also had um, uh, Kieran said great podcast, highly recommend five. Pog just said Pog, that was also a five star review. And then we get into the ones when we actually started to ask for them. So, mm. uh, El Miz said, "I just want to win the prize with a little hang ten. What uh, is hand it? emoji thing. 
five stars there. Um, BSOFU, best podcast ever. Nothing makes me happier than listening to Luke and Ollie. Keep up the amazing work. Lord Rev says, a great listen. The YouTube videos are the best news videos and the rambles are a brilliant bonus. Been a go-to podcast multiple times a week now since I've been listening. Uh, since day one is H, get rowdy. Uh, wrestling podcast fan just says screw the Ollie authority five stars jay adams says great podcast with great hosts all around listen to every show shame about the nxt show being scrapped but i understand why keep up the great work get rowdy jam that jam you jam bronies Maybe no thank you over. um Rai Rai G, love listening to the podcast on my walks to college genuinely brighten my day yes please for life uh, I'm the second best Luke, says the best men reviewing some great wrestling. Support Rest Talk. Get rowdy. Yes, please. Chicken Legs 2122. Love all the podcasts and shows you do. Keeps me updated, entertained, and gets me through lockdown. Hashtag get rowdy. Hashtag Luke for jam. Hashtag yes, please. <laughs> keep, keep going I, love how, I love how these have dated. Now I'm I know, the that, was left on, that was left on Tuesday because what? they want me to be champion. Oh, you, you got to wait until, I don't know. When I book the rest of the, the <laughs> WrestleMania card. Booking? We don't do booking. Booking? Huh? <laughs> um, Adam Elliott, the, the Wrestle Podcast, one of the best podcasts in the game. A mixture of presenters from Ollie and Luke's best friend chemistry, shining through, providing the many laughs. Uh, to Luke and Denise's Friday show, which makes you go into the weekend feeling happy. I can honestly say that if you are into wrestling podcasts, definitely check this one out. Um, would be wrong not to mention Andy's amazing dry humor, Every single Saturday. Oh, I hate that he's over. What's um? Do, do, how many of these are there? Uh, there's another six to go. But oh. I'm save some Should of we just for next week? Just in case people don't get like it was just a one week splurge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. We're going to save some of these. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but please do keep getting them in. There will be a prize. Oof, we will hand out a prize. What is the prize? We will work out a prize. I suggested a prize. Then Ollie Davis in a meeting said, that's a stupid prize. We won't do that prize. Then in a separate meeting, suggested the same prize <gasps> that I did. I was like, what a brilliant idea. What was what was it? <laughs> You've got to tell me when I do these things. No one talks <laughs> I, up when I, I make mistakes. I, I told you in the meeting that I'd already <laughs> suggested that. And you told me no. What was it? It was giving her out a free T-shirt. Ah, oh, that's my idea. No, that was a great idea. <laughs> I, I think what it was is when you suggested it, it was a bad idea. But by the time I'd suggested it, I liked it more. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I think that's what happened. Oh yeah. Um, before we get out of here as well, uh, so I slept through one of my alarms this morning because I was so so tired. Uh, after last night's Quizlemania, brilliant performance uh, by all round. I would Thank say. You. Listen to the podcast version. Not you. It was a really, really fun show. Um, I so I turned off my alarm this morning. My my beautiful wife, my brilliant wife, she came over, put a lovely little alarm over me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'll just have five more minutes." Then, Aaron, twenty minutes later, oh. I, I woke up, but I'd spent that entire hour and twenty minutes sleeping on my arm, so I woke <laughs> up with the deadest arm i've ever had in my life it honestly took about 20 minutes for it to like just not be dead anymore putting on my trousers was really difficult um is uh i i, I hope you did what my teenage self would have done and that is rush straight to the bathroom and <laughs> enjoyed myself like it was with someone else <laughs> that's a gift it's a gift Luke. It's, it's the gift that keeps on coming um and uh 
the other thing I wanted to tell you about was yesterday. I don't know if I actually, I don't know if you came onto the the Quizlemania call for this. Yesterday, I did something I've not done all year. I took an actual day off yesterday. Well, I, not strictly because then you did do Quizlemania in the evening. <laughs> there is that, but <laughs> I. Like, I didn't go on my lap. And I did update the end of year uh, awards tracker that we currently got at the moment. Um, I'll talk more about that next week. But I spent the rest of the day, didn't go to my laptop, wasn't answering emails, did occasionally ask answer some of your uh, Discord questions that you had. Um, but I just spent the whole day reading a book. Oh. And it was quite lovely, really. It was quite calm. What was the book? I was reading Ready Player Two. Ah, because that came out on Tuesday. It did indeed. I pre-ordered my copy of it because I remember a time when Ready Player One was just this little book that people read and thought was a fun little adventure, albeit with a quite terrible lead. Uh, and then it became the very cool thing to hate that book and, uh, and to, to mock it. Yeah, Luke liked it before it wasn't cool, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, th so I guess we should end this podcast. How are you, man? I'm doing well. A big thank you to everyone who got in touch. Actually, we've had loads. But we've of run out of time for we've you. Run out of time because we wanted to plug <laughs> the Apple podcast things. But thanks to you so much. Um, I'll just say some names of people that got in touch. Uh, Matt Sweeney, who just literally said feeling fine. Um, Mary got in touch. Zach got in touch. Uh, do do do. Who else? Seth got in touch. Will got in touch. Um, some advertising. There's a lad who wants to work for us. <laughs> Uh, Ethan, thank you all so much. We will go through all of those next week. Bumper stuff to go through next week, including who's, our end of year tracker. Go on. Who's winning? Who's, who's winning, winning lockdown, according to all those emails? Let's see. I mean, Mary's from down under. Mm -hmm. So maybe. Hmm. I don't know. We'll find out next week. All right. Week I'm still in the lead then. I'm winning lockdown <laughs> right now. I'm doing really Why well in Marvel Alliance 3. That game came out like 15 years ago, didn't it? No, it came out two years ago. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking of Marvel Alliance 2, which did come out 15 years mm -hmm. ago. How, and, and how are you finding it? Uh, repetitive, but I get to play with all the Marvel characters. It does make me way more happy than it should do for the quality of game it is. <laughs> Uh, that is all we've got time for for this edition of the show thank you all so much for getting in touch keep getting your emails in keep getting your itunes or apple podcast reviews in take care everyone i love you goodbye Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.